it's much easier to have the conversations at the beginning about what could happen if this breaks down than it is to try and have those conversations when it is already breaking down. One of our breakdowns was that we had an unequal equity in the partnership. So that lack of clarity and that lack of a foundational piece really eroded what was brilliant, I think, about the way our work was together. It's always about understanding everybody's strengths and where they operate. At the end of the day, whoever is assigned that department gets the ultimate say in whatever transpires. I think one of the most important things that people can do when they're in a partnership is be very intentional about it that every day you're very focused on ensuring that the health of that relationship is strong. What got you here won't get you there. It's time to uncover the micro shifts required to take your income, influence, and impact to the next level. I'm Melanie Benson. And I'm Samantha Riley. And this is our weekly show for experts and business leaders who are influencing people's decisions to make a greater impact and shatter their revenue goals in the process. Welcome to the Next Level Influence Show. Now let's get started. Melanie, I'm really excited for our conversation today. We're going to talk about partnerships and how people can possibly hit the next level with business partnerships. You know, partnerships have got so many advantages because they help people to pull complementary skill sets, to pull funds and share startup costs and business costs. But, you know, what's an advantage is also a disadvantage. And statistics show that up to 70% of business partnerships ultimately fail. Yeah. I'm very intrigued for this conversation today. I happen to know our guests already, and I know that they have both thrived in business with the right kind of partnerships. And also, I think we need to be aware what can derail a partnership because mm-hmm. getting into a partnership that's failing is can also take down the business, as you mentioned. Yeah. And so we might learn from some people as well as you, Sam, who are in great partnerships that have taken their business and their success to the next level. So Why don't we start with a round of introductions? We'd love to hear from our two guests today, a short introduction about who you are, what you do, and who your partner is to you. So, Tannis, would you be willing to go first? You betcha. Hi. Tannis, George, I'm so excited to be on this again and be able to share this message here. It's so important. But I am a serial tech entrepreneur. I've been building companies for the last two decades. And I built them all with the same co-founder. Stephen Ufford and I were best friends in high school and started our first company not too long right afterwards. So that's kind of my history with my co-founder. And after about 20 years plus of building companies, now I've started the Co-Founders Hub, which is a platform and organization that assists business entrepreneurs to find and to build strong co-founder partnerships. And I just launched my most recent book called The Co-Founder's Handbook, which again, takes people through all the stages necessary to build a partnership that lasts. Wow. I cannot wait to hear more about that. That's fantastic. So welcome. And Anne, would love to hear your introduction and and learn a little bit about you. So my name is Anne Lackey. I'm the co-founder of Hire Smart Virtual Employees. And like Tannis, I am a serial entrepreneur as well. My co-founder, who happens to be my spouse, 
and I have created and launched seven different businesses and we just exited one. So it's kind of an exciting time to actually grow up a baby and launch it into the world and uh, have that experience as well. So that actually just happened to us a couple of weeks ago. Congratulations. Yeah, very exciting. And Sam, you know, you're technically one of our panelists today. So why don't you share how you show up in partnership? Like who's your partner and how is that working for you guys? Yeah, so I'm in partnership with my husband. So what is, I guess, a little bit interesting is this is my second marriage and I'm in, in partnership with my husband. We run a coaching company over at SamanthaRiley.Global, also a podcast editing and production service at yourpodcastconcierge.com. I also was in business with my first husband for 20 years. So I've done the husband and business thing for a long time. <laughs> and probably know the ins and outs of what works and what doesn't work. <laughs> 100%. I have learned a lot along the way. <laughs> well, I'm the non-business partner person on the panel today. So I will be very excited to hear what comes up out of this conversation. So let's start with the round of and I'm very intrigued to hear your answers to this, like why you chose to do business partnership as your route into business. Was there a particular advantage for you in doing that or did it just kind of fall into place? So, Anne, why don't we start with you on that one? Well, since I'm in business with my spouse, it was kind of intentional that we did this together. But the catalyst for why we got started is my husband and I were both outside commission sales rep, highly compensated. And we had a personal friend become very ill and we saw him and his income decline, 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 decline. Unfortunately, he subsequently died and left a wife with two children and no income. And my, that really had a personal impact on us. And so we we're like, okay, <laughs> like working for somebody else is probably not what we want to do. And so we started looking at business avenues. We started in real estate. So my background is very real estate heavy. But we started thinking about all the different ways we could get passive income while we still you know, had a job. We actually started five businesses while we worked full time for somebody else. I didn't retire until we, you know, four years into our probably fifth business. So a lot of rules and things that we learned from that, but that's how we kind of jumped in. So and before I move on to Tannis, what came first, the marriage or the partnership in business? Well, it was kind of both in some ways. I mean, a marriage was first, obviously, for me. But when I went to get to know my husband, I gave him a list. <laughs> and I said, these are things that I'm looking for in a husband. So if you're not interested in this, we can be best friends, good to go. But if you want to be a life partner with me, you kind of have to. So we kind of had a little bit of an agreement <laughs> in advance. And so the business was just kind of an outpouring or growth of that original kind of marital contract because it was my second time around too and you learn a lot in the first round so you know what not to do in the second <laughs> i love that it's great how about you tianis how did you go into business partnership and was there advantage to starting your businesses that way yeah for sure so steven and i met in high school we actually started our, our friendship and uh, with the very first day of junior high, our lockers were beside each other because they were alphabetical. And so for five years, we saw each other every morning throughout the day and at the end of the day. So we became really, really great friends. And so that's how we met. It was very natural. 
after high school, after we graduated, he approached me with a business idea. And from there we went. So that's how we met each other. But interestingly, there's a statistic that 33% of businesses start because one partner feels obligated to start their business with the person who they came up with the idea with. So that's a really fascinating. Most people just sort of fall into their partnership. So we didn't. We were able to be a little bit more intentional. We kind of knew each other's strengths already. But but that is a certain reason why some people jump into it. So it's a great question. Mm, that's fascinating. It is fascinating. How about you, Sam? I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but just for the sake of the conversation, like, how did you and Leon go from, you know, whatever status you were to being in business together? Yeah. So Leon and I actually met in 2015. At the time, I'd been in business for over 20 years and had been in business on my own since I divorced my first husband. When we met, his skill set straight away, I was like, oh my goodness, you have every skill set that I don't, which sometimes can be not a good thing if you're not compatible as well. So, and I can see Tannis like nodding furiously, like it doesn't always mean go for it. But so he'd been around for a little while. We ran an event together. That was the first time we'd done anything together. And he sort of, he comes from an operations background. So he ran the back end of the event. And I was just like, oh my goodness, not only do I love this man, but he has to be in my rooms running my events from today forward. He was amazing. And we just really fell very easily into business together from that point. But I think for me, and I don't know if if this resonates with Anne as well, because you know, you're in business with a partner, it's very easy when you both have the same vision and the same goals for your life. And the person that can help you to get there is the person that you are, you know, in life partnership with. It just makes sense. Totally agree with that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Love that. Yeah. So I'm going to take over the questions now because I'm super intrigued Tannis, I'd love to ask you this first because I find it really intriguing that you've gone into business with someone that you knew from high school. What's one tip that you can share to make sure that your business partnership thrives? Because yours has started with someone that isn't a life partner, so it's actually a little bit different for, you know, for me to know. So what would be your one tip that you could share? You know, as I interviewed and spoke with a lot of people, I think most people are surprised on that statistic. I think you started it off is that of the businesses that are started as a partnership, 65% of them are going to fail because of issues between the partners. And I think when we go into starting a business, we often are so focused on revenues. We're focused on, you know, having a great product, maybe even focused on raising money. And we don't realize that that person or people beside you as you're building your business are actually your either greatest asset or your biggest liability. And so I think one of the most important things that people can do when they're in a partnership is be very intentional about it, that every day, weekly, monthly, annually, you're very focused on ensuring that the health of that relationship is strong. And I think we always think of our partnership as like a set it and forget it kind of element within our business. And unfortunately, that is how resentment, mistrust, mm. failure to reach each other's expectations 
these things find their ways into the partnership and then kapow, one day there's a massive blowout and it's over. So I think intentionality and realizing that you have to have that almost on your checklist as you go through all the items you got to do. And there's a lot of them as an entrepreneur, but you have to add that line item in, am I supporting? Am I uplifting? Am I helping? Am I part of a great team? And that's key. So important. Mm, Love that so much and can really resonate with that. You know, going back and always remembering that even though we set that intention at the beginning that we do need to keep going back and and revisiting because it's very easy just to, you know, forget it and move on. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, whoa, we forgot what we're even here for. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And what is a tip that you can share to make sure your business partnership thrives? Because it's very different to be in business with your life partner that you're with 24-7. Well, so in Hire Smart Virtual Place, we do have a third partner. So we're a partner and then we have a partner too. So I forgot to mention that. So the tip applies no matter what. It's always about understanding everybody's strengths and where they operate. And whoever's the better, we call it the better batter, whoever's the better batter in that arena gets final say. The rest of us can certainly, you know, have our our conversation about it or have our put in our two cents. But at the end of the day, whoever is assigned that department gets the ultimate, you know, say in whatever transpires. And I do also agree, like you've got to constantly be watching. Where's your vision? What's your mission? Are you operating on that? And it changes over time. That's probably the funniest thing for me is, where we are today versus where we were seven years ago, a year into our relationship for Hire Smart, it's totally different. We were able to grow and experience what I meant my partner needed to grow, my husband and I needed to grow, and having all of us row the boat in the same direction was super, super important. But the tip is know your lane, <laughs> stay in your lane, and let everybody else stay in theirs. Mm-hmm. Well said. Oh, my goodness. Really resonating with that, definitely. <laughs> Sam, do you want to add a tip from your experience? Yeah, I think for me and being in business with your partner, it can be very easy to treat your your partner differently, as in your guards are left down or your guards are down. And I have been caught out very early in my first business when my partner annoyed me (laughs) of treating him the way I would treat a partner, not someone in business. And I think that I had a huge personal development journey to really understand myself better so that I could treat my partner with more respect in a work situation. Gosh, it makes me sound awful, but (laughs) You know, it's very easy when things aren't going right for you to sort of launch and go, oh, my goodness, like, what did you do that for? You would never speak to anyone else like that. So I think it's having a really good understanding of yourself to be able to control yourself in situations with someone that you know very, very well. And I know that people that are listening, if they are in business with their partner, will know exactly what I'm talking about because there is a very different dynamic when you're in business with your partner. So really get to know yourself very well so that you can 
really learn to control those emotions. I'm glad you shared that. Sam, can I add to that I too? I love you too, Tennis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to add to that that actually what you're explaining there is very similar to family businesses as well. Mm. You know, a lot of times the dynamic in a family business, it can be very awkward for your team members when you have brothers and sisters and moms and dads and everybody in the business. It becomes like Thanksgiving dinner with everybody just throwing everything at each other. And you're, you know, so there is an element even in family business, not just spouses, where you really have to rein in that familiarity that we all have with our significant others and our family and realize, hey, well, but we're in a professional setting. So don't feel bad about it. It's a very common thing that happens within a family business or spousal relationships in a business. So mm. it's something that and that's great advice. Yeah, you got to rein that in. Yeah, yeah. And definitely add in sort of what Anne was speaking about then to not just treat people in a different way, but also I think what Anne said was know your place in the business and and play from those strengths. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Well, and also have breath. I mean, I don't have children, so my life is my babies, my businesses, right? So I want to talk about them all the time. Like to me, they're super exciting. Well, sometimes you need to intentionally take some breaks and realize, you know, so I created a ritual, right? So it's a ritual to gear up and a ritual to gear down. And so that's kind of the you know, putting your hat on the door and walking through when you're leaving your business hat at business and you're coming home, right? There's these rituals that you can do that it can be more personal time. Because I know for me, and especially in the beginning, it was talk, 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 business, business, business all the time. And you sometimes lose track of your partner and their desires and their needs and their personal stuff because you're just so focused on, you know, well, what's, what is going on in the business? How is the health of that? And so I've had to really kind of pull myself and teach my husband, here's my ritual. If you talk to me between here and here and I haven't done my ritual, then you, you know, game on. Sorry. But after that, I have to step back and go, okay, this is personal. This is family time. Mm. Mm. Love that. Well, I want to move us into where our business partnerships maybe start to become that liability or where we notice there's challenge areas or breakdowns that are eroding it and how we may have fixed it. And little context from my point of view, I actually, my business grew very rapidly in the first decade of it because I had someone in the role of a business partner. Now, looking back on it, they weren't really an official business partner, but we were operating in that. And one of our breakdowns was that we had an unequal equity in the partnership. And I thought, oh, how fascinating that we didn't really think that through. And later that became the demise of both of us bringing our strengths into the relationship. And so that lack of clarity and that lack of a foundational piece really eroded what was brilliant, I think, about uh, the way our work was together. So, you know, I come into knowing business partnerships can sometimes bring challenges. And when we I know when you fix them, the, the partnership can be a little stronger. So Sam, I want to start with you on this one. Have you found there was a breakdown or challenge that, and maybe it was with Leon or the the previous situation that as you worked it through, it actually made things better mm. or didn't maybe? <laughs> yeah, totally. And straight away, I've got about 50 things in my head because there are just so many challenges. And Something that I didn't mention as Anne, I actually had a business partnership in the middle of my two marriages as well with other people that 
there was no relationship with it was pure business one of the things that my accountant said to me when I set up the partnership with them and I did bring into my business partnership with Leon as well is he said always get your divorce papers in place first now he didn't mean literally your divorce what he meant was it's much easier to have the conversations at the beginning about what could happen if this breaks down than it is to try and have those conversations when it is already breaking down. That doesn't mean that we're going into it thinking this is going to break down. It's just a lot easier to have the conversations before. And one of the other things he said to me was always be very, very clear right from the beginning who gets the final say. So make sure that there is a CEO in place so that even if you're you know, what you think is 50-50, make it 49-51. So if there is ever a time that you're at, you know, I can't think of the word, but you can't make a decision, there is someone in place that can make that decision. I've never had to use that, but it makes it a lot easier knowing that we've got that out sort of there at the beginning. Hmm. Yeah, great advice. Tannis, what about for you? Has there been a place where you and I think you said his name is Stephen really hit a challenge area that maybe didn't look so good in the moment, but as you worked through it, you realized, okay, this is actually going to make us better and stronger. Yeah, you know, I I ended up coming up with it a bit of an analogy, and and what it uh, was was that imagine your business is your ship, and as the founders, you are the captains, and you're both holding on to that steering wheel. I think there's actually a real name for a, a boat's steering wheel, but I'll call it steering wheel. And so you're both holding on to the steering wheel, and you have a vision. And you're both directing this ship. And what can happen, and and you touched on this a little bit, is your visions can change. And sometimes your vision is even going on in your head. You're not even sharing it yet. Like maybe you're thinking, you know, I think I want to leave this partnership in three years. You're not speaking about it. But what happens is as you're building your business, your vision, if you're like, I'm going to go a little this direction, but the other person's still going this direction, you're going to start tugging and pulling. And what happens is you start asking yourself questions. Why are they going that direction? That's you're, They're going the wrong way. Why are they doing that? Or I don't know why she's doing that. That's suspicious. And, and you end up tugging and pulling and your vision is not aligned. So one of the things that I realized we needed to do was be very intentional about communicating. So very often we would pull out a whiteboard and we would just map out where we were going. And by the end of it, We both had a very clear vision of what we needed to do in the short term and in the long term. And then we allowed ourselves to have this opportunity to go, is there anything else that's like tugging on you here? And we just made sure to always have that open, transparent conversation. And once we started doing that, it was a massive leap forward in our ability to make decisions, to feel comfortable with decisions. It was really an incredible exercise and task that we undertook. And so I often tell people to really make sure that when you're holding on to that steering wheel, that you really understand you have to have the same vision for that boat to go in that in that way. Mm-hmm. I love that you share that. And, and honestly, I think that's part of why my partnership situation didn't thrive was because our vision started to change and we weren't talking about it. And we didn't know how to talk about it. And it was scary for me because I felt it, but I didn't want to articulate it because I didn't want to lose what they brought to the table. So Mm. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's really powerful. 
Anne, I'll bring that question to you. Before I want to just kind of tag on to what Tana said. So she's absolutely right. Being vision, mission, and then for us, our core values are our compass. So when we have decisions to make, we go back to our core values and go, does this resonate with that? And if so, great, we're all on board. If it doesn't, for whatever reason, we have a conversation about it. And just one more tidbit, I'm rereading Crucial Conversations. So that is a great book to kind of help you figure out a story in your head that you already create. And I've had to remind myself that sometimes I'm playing old tapes and bringing that into whatever is happening in the moment. To answer your question, fortunately, my husband and I, we're pretty much dialed in. Our partner overseas is pretty much dialed in too. So I haven't had a big challenge per se that we've had to overcome, but I did have cancer of the tongue last summer and I had to have surgery to have a third of my tongue removed. And we weren't really sure the outcome of that. And so talking about the founders, you know, you have to have a contingency plan because my husband's like, I'm forget hire smart. Like I need to focus on you. And there was nobody to write the ship at hire smart at that point. So making sure that you bring people in sharing your vision mission that can do that underpinning and support. We're a much stronger company today because I've diversified and had have backup people cross trained, learn every department now. So if something were to happen to me again, which I pray it never does, or my husband or somebody in my organization, I'm not worried that the service level will drop or something that will will happen. So redundancy was something that that taught me. And it takes time to build redundancy. I mean, to build, to train somebody and have a new operations manager that I brought on. She's been with me now for nine months. She's still learning and evolving, but I'm here now to teach her and to develop her and grow her up. So, you know, that would be what I would say is look at your organization. Where are the points that are weak and how can you strengthen them? And I think cross-training and having those people that you trust come into the business even if they don't have ownership, but they, you know, can add value, that's the best thing you can do to kind of proof your business from harm's way. I mean, I knew it, but until you experience something like that, you don't really feel the impact. And I was honestly scared to death. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I didn't want to let my clients down. I didn't want to let the rest of my team down. And so that would be my, what I learned from all of that and again, very unexpected, like not, I mean, very, very random. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that, Anne. I know as business partners, especially when you're married business partners, you know, like you put your partner first, obviously. And so that does put a lot of pressure on the other partner. And yeah, it's a relief to know that you can diversify the duties in a way that takes that pressure off the partnership if you need to. So that's a great example. Thank you. And it also kind of really highlighted what Mark's capabilities were. Hmm. You know, he couldn't do what I do. And that became very apparent in that process. Not only did he want to take care of me, which of course was his highest priority, but it helped me realize we've got some operational holes here, you know, documentation, all of that kind of stuff needed to be tightened up. And fortunately, like I said, we're we're much stronger today because of that. I wish it hadn't have happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Where I would like to sort of wrap this up is to ask both of you how you nurture the relationship with your husband and with your friend, Stephen, 
outside of the business to ensure that when you're in business hours, that you've actually taken care of that relationship separately? Or is it a thing for you either way? And I'd love to start with you, Tanis, because obviously you're in a, a little bit of a different situation, you know. Is the relationship with Stephen something that you take care of outside of the business? Yeah. Yeah, so I often tell people, especially maybe people who are not in a partnership, and I let them know that it is probably next to your spouse going to be one of the most intimate relationships that you're going to have. And the reason for that is you intertwine your lives. You're not just nine to five and then you clock out and you walk away. You will literally become intertwined both financially, professionally, personally. There's so much that gets brought together when you partner with somebody. So you really don't have a choice but to become quite personal and friendly with your co-founder. It's one of the most important things that you can do. And after interviewing copious amounts of founders, I actually had both examples. I've had examples of partners who say, we never see each other outside of work. And that works for us. You know, we've got our business and then we go home and live our lives. And then you have other people who are like, oh, every day after work, we go for a beer and it's like, we hang out, we do our families do vacations together. And I think it really will depend on the people. But what I will say is that needs to be a conversation. Mm. And I think this is where founders, I, I often say the words, we have to be grownups and mature. And a lot of times you need to be able to say, look, I know we see each other all day long. If you feel like it's just too much, I'm not going to take offense if you say, you know what, I don't want to spend some time with you. I don't want to do my vacation with you. And you just need to accept that. And so it's these conversations that need to happen, especially about what are we doing after work hours. And again, it might not be a problem, but it also could be. So really making sure that you discover what each other's boundaries are going to be. That's really, really important. I love that so much. So where do you and Richard fall in that, Tamis? Yeah. Do you guys hang out or? You know what we do? We actually hung out. But we did. I had at the time when I was building Trulio, I had two kids and uh, Stephen didn't have a family. And so I actually had to go home and I had to like live my second life when I got home. But we really used our opportunities when we had to travel. And that was our time where we went and did fun things wherever we went. And we really made sure to enjoy the journey. And we would go out and do some fun stuff and, and do some tourist things whenever we travel. And that was our real way of, of having that outside fun. And so today we're excellent friends. I just, we just had dinner not too long ago and caught up. And, and really, it's one of the most cherished friendships I have. And a lot of it comes from us being able to experience these wonderful roller coaster rides and being there for each other as support. And that is why the partnership, the co-founder partnership is really one of the gems of life if you can make it work. Mm. So good. And and how do you nurture your marriage outside of the business and and I guess ensure that the marriage is looked after or that relationship is looked after? Well, remember that list I said I gave my husband and said, if you want to do that, one of them was, I wanted somebody who wanted to be with me because my first husband never wanted to hang out with me. I'm like, I, like, I didn't get married to, not to hang out with you. So we love being together. I did not realize that that would actually be 24 seven or global businesses. I had no idea of all of that, but it still requires effort, right? So I talked about my ritual. 
Well, we love our hot tub. So we make sure we have hot tub time where we talk. We still talk business because we both really love doing that, but we have different roles in our businesses. Mark is the head of Hire Smart Cares, which is other not-for-profit. So he's really excited about the not-for-profit side of our business and all the impact that we're having in the world. And so I get to help kind of strategize with him on that. And he asked me about my day, but we are also people of faith. So we have church that we do with outside people. And that's something we've really nurtured this last year is, again, some of this other stuff has happened to me just kind of getting back to back because that's we met in church so we you know we started in church we kind of started doing stuff and then we're like we need to get kind of back in church again that was for us and so it that's been kind of our fun time together and expanding our relationships out because it can get really lonely and siloed when you're doing your work right and if you don't you have each other but sometimes you need some other just some other people into the mix to make it a little bit more balanced, at least for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's very wise advice. Pam, you want to add anything to that that works for you guys? Yeah. We have time in our calendar that actually gets blocked in our calendar of time. We call it date time, but it's when we're going to the gym, it goes in the calendar. When it's, we call it leadership breakfast, where we actually you know, talk about the sort of the back end and the operations. We, you know, we do breakfast and it's in the calendar. We always have date night every week. It's a non-negotiable. It's in the calendar. We don't just talk about it and think, oh, we're busy this week. We'll just leave it to next week. It is in the calendar. And it's really, really important for us to have that time. And like Anne, we do talk about business a lot, but we also make sure that we're talking about you know, other things. We're talking about the kids. We have five kids between us. We're like a real life Brady Bunch. You know, we'll, we'll talk about different things that's happening in our lives, but it's a non-negotiable. It's in the calendar. So that would be my my tip because it's very easy just to, oh, we're busy this week. We'll just do it next week. And then next week turns into next week, turns into next month. And before you know it, that, you know, you fall into just being business partners and out of love. I think that's pretty solid marriage advice in general. (laughs) (laughs) Great. We have calendars too. (laughs) This is such an amazing topic because my husband and I could never work together. We, we tried it once for six months. I, we're just, you know, what it was for us is we are both two entrepreneurs that are so used to running our own company that one says, here's what I think we should do. And the other one doesn't accept it. You're like, hold on a second. <laughs> you need to accept what I say and vice versa. So we really struggled. But this is some incredible advice. I'm, I'm really learning a lot. It's great. Just in case you revisit that opportunity in the future, Tannis. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing here. I was thinking, there's no way. Please, you know, shh, don't tell my husband I said this, but I could never be in business with him. <laughs> I love him as my husband. Totally. You're not meant to be business partners ever. And I think that is as important as being able to get together. Knowing that you can't is very important. Yeah. Yes. True. That's true. Good point. Yeah. This has been such a great conversation. Sam, I'll pass it to you to close us out. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I guess, would you guys share what a resource is or how we can connect with you further? Yeah, absolutely. You can reach and follow me on LinkedIn and Instagram. I do a bunch of posts about what you can do with your partnership and continue it on there. And 
keep you updated what we're doing at the hub. And then as well, if you want to pick up the co-founder's handbook, it's available in audiobook, ebook, paperback, Amazon, Apple, all the major retailers. And if you know somebody who's a business partner, I mean, that's it's a great gift as well, because it'll help mitigate any risk that they have in their business. So those are the places and the cofoundershub.com. Yeah. How about you, Anne? So you can find me on LinkedIn as well. I am, uh, again, the co-founder of Hire Smart Virtual Employees, and we provide full-time dedicated staff from the Philippines, saving our clients about 75%. So I have a best-selling book called Multiply Yourself. So if you're thinking about how to reduce your payroll costs and yet have quality staff, I'd love the opportunity to talk with you. You can also go to meetwithand.com and sign up for a virtual coffee. I'd love to talk to you. Love it. Awesome. Of course, those links will be in the show notes over at nextlevelinfluencepodcast.com. Guys, actually, I don't know why I said guys. I should say gals. This has been <laughs> such an amazing conversation. Yeah. It's such an important conversation to have to bring these topics to the table and not keep them behind closed doors. It helps so many people. So thank you so much for joining us. Melanie, as always, thank you for, for being such an amazing person on this podcast and for you listening in thanks for tuning in today and we'd love to hear from you are you in a business partnership too you know was there an insight from today that you could put into action or is there something that you would like to add to this conversation thanks so much for listening and we will catch you in next week's episode thanks for joining us for another episode of next level influence before you go would you subscribe rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player We'd love to know what your greatest takeaway was from today's episode. Take a screenshot of the show and share with us on social and be sure to tag us too so we can connect. Tune in next week for another Next Level Influence episode. Yeah.